Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Dominic Desaya. Dominic is a commercial and editorial photographer based in Los Angeles, California. He has worked with clients such as ESPN The Magazine, Nike, the NFL, and Bose, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Dominic about how he got his start in the photography business, assisting photographers like Art Stryber and Frank Ockenfels. I also speak to Dominic about his photographic approach and some of his most memorable assignments, such as photographing the legendary Los Angeles Dodgers announcer, Vin Scully. This is a really interesting interview that I really enjoyed doing, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening, and take care. Dominic Desaya, uh, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm, I'm honored to do it. Yeah, definitely. I've been looking at your work for years now, so I'm glad we finally uh, connected. Um, yeah. But I guess just to kind of start off, um, where did you grow up and uh, what are kind of some of your earliest memories of photography? Uh, well, I was I was born in Los Angeles, and then my my parents moved down to Orange County, just south, about an hour when I was about two. So I mainly grew up in Orange County, California. Mm. And um, my earliest memories are probably, uh, I, I was always fascinated with it, but uh, I do remember um, my dad had a, uh, had a Nikon. I don't remember the model, but, you know, a bunch of lenses and a body. And uh, I, would, I was always playing with it. And at one point, I asked him if I could take it to a, uh, an angel game. I was probably like 10 or 12 at the time. Nice. And, uh, and at, at that point you could bring those cameras into, into pro games. They yeah. didn't really seem to give you a hard time. So, you know, I started experimenting with shooting from the stands and, and just trying to figure out the camera. And I even got into multiple exposures and things like that at that age and um nice was it like high school time uh, or younger than that no this is like this is like i was probably maybe 12 young oh wow so you got um, into it pretty early yeah i mean I, I you know i wasn't i wouldn't say that i was taking it super seriously but i was just kind of fooling around and figuring it out and uh that's cool I remember taking pictures and then making little prints and then going back to the stadium and trying to get the players to sign a picture I'd taken of them. Oh, wow. um, so it's kind of like my earliest memories of, of being hands-on with it and, you know, kind of getting started. Um, and I, I want to find that stuff. I've, I've been meaning to try to see if that's somewhere at my parents' house, some of those pictures that I took. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're around anymore or not, but... Yeah, I have a problem. I can't. I can't th- throw away any photo. Even I have like boxes of this like old crappy photos that aren't good, but like I still just like hold on to them for some reason, just because it's just yeah. Like, I do the same thing. Yeah, I think you can learn a lot though from old. I mean, just recently I was going through trying to find something for somebody, and mm. sometimes looking at my older work that I did before I kind of knew what I was doing, I, I find a lot of great. I don't know the perspective of it. Just the fact that I wasn't overthinking it. I don't know. I think it's a great way to kind of get back to why you started and you see stuff in it that you didn't realize was kind of instinctual that, you know, it's easy to get sidetracked with kind of all the gear, trying to make the perfect photo yeah. and the gear and yeah. yeah and overthinking it. And yeah, so I think that that's a good, 
a good thing to have all that stuff and go through it once in a while and kind of refresh yeah definitely in your head why you got into it yeah take a step back and kind of simplify things sometimes um, absolutely yeah so i guess like were you always just kind of drawn i know you mentioned like you kind of started shooting photos at the baseball games were you always just kind of really interested in sports when you were younger yeah i, I played sports and i was always into sports and you know as i got older i couldn't you know i knew that i wouldn't be able to do it for a living necessarily so i was always kind of fascinated with with the guys that were just head and shoulders above everybody else, even when I was still playing, like in high school. And, yeah. And um, I don't know, like to me, athletes are sort of like real life superheroes in some ways. Like, just I'm just fascinated by them, and I think that probably comes from my from you know being a kid and having those feelings, and it's just translating into me wanting to document, yeah, document that as an adult. Yeah, um, definitely. Did you have a kind of favorite sport growing up when you were playing sports? Yeah, I would say baseball. Yeah. Baseball is what I I think was best at and played the most as a kid. Um, but I played a little bit of everything, but I think baseball was, was definitely the, the sport. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that, that's cool. So I guess like once you kind of started taking your photography more seriously, was it kind of, did you end up going to school for photography or did you just kind of teach yourself or how did that kind of come about? Um, so... I, I took, uh, so after college, I went to college, didn't study art at all. Um, and then near the end of college, I started playing music in a band and sort of went down that road for a while. And um, after college, I was still playing in bands and I had like days off where there wasn't much to do. And so I started taking classes at uh, Santa Monica City College, some photo classes. So I was always interested in photography, but I didn't at that point, wasn't considering it as a career yeah uh but i just wanted to learn more and kind of get in the dark room and do that sort of stuff and uh so i started some classes there just one-off classes not like the whole the whole program or anything and mm -hmm. really enjoyed it and um continued to take classes there and then the band i was in kind of broke up and i was kind of over the music thing and felt like i was more talented visually and so it kind of went from there. So I took a few more classes at that at the city college here in Santa Monica, and then uh, just started sending letters to uh, photographers that I looked up to to assist. So I would say that I learned the basics uh, from those classes, but I think I learned the most hands-on assisting and and volunteering on shoots and just doing. I think I learned better that way, actually doing, you know, as opposed to you definitely. know. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same way. So, like, since you didn't go to school for photography, were you kind of just, like, paying attention to, like, magazines and stuff? And were you kind of just reading about photographers? How did you kind of even come to learn about, like, different photographers that you were kind of writing to and things like that? Um, well, while I was taking those classes, uh, I, I want to say, if I remember right, one of the classes we had to pull images that we found interesting and try to figure out why we found them interesting and and I think the the idea of the exercise was to kind of deconstruct why we were drawn to that image and what about it we liked. And we're supposed to pull stuff of images that we would want to shoot if we if we could. So in doing that, I came across photographers' names in magazines mostly. I would say some. I don't remember if some of it was online, but so I came across a handful, you know, or a bunch of photographers, but a handful that were were local in Los Angeles and. Um, 
nice. reached out to them That's and cool. uh who were like some yeah of, who are some of those first photographers that you were kind of assistant for uh art striver was was the first one i actually sent him the letter never heard of him no yeah I, most, no. Pe- most people have it i'm just kidding art striver is a, <laughs> i know you are a boss um <laughs> I sent my letter, I sent the letter to him and, and he responded right away and said that, uh, he was actually in the process of interviewing, um, people to be in the new pool of assistance. And, uh, if I wanted to come down and bring my portfolio, I could speak with him and his studio manager. I think it was like in a couple of days and yeah. I was, you know, a little nervous cause I didn't know what, how to respond. I didn't have a portfolio at that point. I had yeah. some pictures I had taken and, you know, I was still pretty new to the whole thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I just told him I don't have a portfolio, but I'd still love to come see you. And I could bring a couple of contact sheets, a couple of prints of stuff I've shot recently. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Do that. And so I showed up with, with, uh, some contact sheets from a, from a like personal thing. I just shot out in the desert and, uh, sat with him and his studio manager and, and it went well, and he had me out on a couple shoots just as like a volunteer. And then from there, he started hiring me to assist. And, and so that's really how I got going. And then, you know, from there, you meet other assistants, and then they ask you to help them on shoots with other photographers, and you kind of just mm. kind of network that way. Yeah, so. definitely. That's pretty amazing, like getting to work for a guy like that because he's just like uh, such an amazing photographer. Um, what are kind of some of the things you learned from working with him? Just because I don't know, like I know now he does like tons of big productions and stuff. Was that kind of still this kind of similar stuff he was doing back then? Yeah, I mean, the, the point I started with him, he was already, you mm. know, doing pretty big stuff. Um, I learned everything. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that is super good about educating. You know, like he, he actually enjoys, it seems like he enjoys teaching and he's, he's just, he's just very, he's great. He's a great person to work for because he'll slow down and you can ask him something in the middle of a shoot. Like, why, why are you adding this light? Why are, why are we doing this? And yeah. it's just, not only are you learning the gear, but you're also kind of learning his process. And he, he's very inclusive in that way. And even asking assistants what they think, their opinion, even me starting out, I think he's smart and that he, he really uses all the knowledge he has on set. Sometimes someone who's not as seasoned might have a really great opinion because they're, they're not used to the way things are normally run, you know? And I think he's really smart in that he would draw from that. Um, but even the business stuff, everything like he's, he just is, he loves educating, I think, and, and is not selfish at all with his knowledge. And you can tell from like his Instagram posts, you know, like he, breaks down how he how he lights stuff yeah it's cool yeah it's pretty pretty he's pretty open yeah it's pretty awesome because there aren't there's a lot of guys out there like really protective of like what they do and like i get it i understand it's real competitive business but it is really cool and people kind of they share what they're doing you know especially a guy on on that level because it really doesn't get much bigger than that uh so i would imagine yeah pretty amazing experience uh what kind of shoots did you get to work on with him was all this kind of like celebrity stuff and whatnot yeah, I mean, the first really big one was uh, this huge shoot for CBS where I don't remember how many shows we were shooting uh, for, but it was like a three or four day shoot where we there was you know six, seven, eight shows that he was doing all the publicity shots for, advertising shots for. Um, so it was crazy long days. That's you know huge, 
huge sets and just just great i mean to to have that experience and see all that yeah uh, it's just invaluable to, to see it on that scale and to be a, a part of it and, yeah and you know if you learn on that scale then some of the smaller shoots seem easy yeah, you know what i mean you're, like you're good <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. pretty yeah, it's pretty amazing. You just kinda got thrown into it like you hadn't really assisted anybody before that. You just kinda jumped in right to the right to the top. That's pretty awesome, man. Um, yeah, I mean the only thing I had done to that point actually is um there was a photographer who through the San Monica City College was looking for someone to help him out once in a while. Yeah. His name was Grove Pashley and uh he had a studio in Hollywood and he was shooting like celebrities and mm. And so I think if I remember right, I would go there once a week, uh, for the day and help him out in his studio. And so I had, you know, I had probably done that five or six times with him. So I had some sense of like, you know, set etiquette and how things kind of, so I wasn't totally green, but you know, still to go from that to sort of the huge crazy jobs that art had going on was, um, yeah was a job that's cool man like did you kind of have like an idea of the type of photographer you wanted to be back then or were you still kind of shooting photos on your own while you were assisting or were you just kind of focused on assisting yeah you know honestly i was still shooting when i could i mean i got pretty busy assisting and i think that is one thing i wish i would have been better about mm. and i always give advice to people that ask me like assistants like to keep shooting because i, I definitely you know sometimes you get especially being in LA or places where there's so much going on, you could work every day as an assistant, you know? So it's easy to kind of go down that road and forget why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I tried to shoot and I tried to, I did a pretty good job of, of finding things here or there to shoot for myself. I just think I could have done more of it and developed more quicker if if I would have made it a point to shoot. I mean, you should be shooting as much as possible in my opinion. Like definitely, you know that's how you get good at 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 what we do so that's yeah definitely Um, yeah i assisted for a while and i definitely uh, i kind of agree with you like i went to photography school but uh, i definitely learned more working for all all different types of photographers i kind of i worked with like some fashion photographers some advertising some editorial and you you definitely learn so much you kind of learn what you want to do what you don't want to do um, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you realize like how to treat people because like I definitely worked for some photographers that weren't that nice, and I was like, I definitely don't want to be like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. It's and I, I think that's that's really smart what you did, and I did the same thing. I made a point to not get too bogged down with one person, and because I wanted to learn from different people, see different approaches, and steal what I liked what they did, and and also decide not to do some things they did, like you said. So I think that's a smart way to do it because, you know, there's so many different approaches and so many different ways to to do things that Mm. the more you see, the the more knowledge you have. But how did you kind of get away from assisting once you kind of started to shoot out on your own? Were you kind of doing some of both? And how did you kind of make the jump into starting your own photography business? Yeah, I was was kind of straddling the fence and... um, taking like assisting jobs that paid better or I thought that I would learn something from and then turning down stuff that Mm. just seemed like it was, you know, whether it was like an editorial job that wasn't a lot of money there or just something I didn't feel like was worth it. Um, And just started shooting it and really trying to find ways in by shooting my own projects and 
trying to find a back door really, you know? Um, yeah. Like who were some of the first clients you kind of started to uh, shoot for when you kind of branched off on your own? Well, one of my big breaks was actually through Striber and it was with ESPN, the magazine mm. and he was shooting, uh, Albert Pujols in St. Louis right after he'd signed with the angels. Yeah. And, uh, they also had just signed CJ Wilson to the angels and they want to do a story about both of them signing with the angels. And I forget why, but he had some conflicts where he couldn't do the CJ Wilson, uh, portion of the job, which was in LA. Um, so he recommended me to, to Karen Frank at, at ESPN magazine and said, you know, you should, you should give this guy a try to shoot, you know, the portion I can't do. And she contacted me and, and it happened and that kind of opened the door for me there. Nice. Um, yeah, such an amazing magazine. Yeah. And, for, and, and, and that goes back to what you were saying about art. I mean, it's just, you know, not a lot of guys would do that. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, Frank's good about that too. He's done that with a lot of his assistants. There's, I know of them shooting, movie posters and, and uh, TV advertisements yeah. that he passes, you know, along to them. And yeah. so I think that's, you know, that's sort of rare, I think in, mm -hmm. in our industry, but um, pretty amazing when, when someone, because like you said, it's so competitive. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, it's pretty good though. I think it's, it's smart to be that way. Like, I mean, like it is competitive, but like, it can go both ways. Like you can end up like uh, you might have a photographer friend and you throw him a job and he throws you one. That happens to me sometimes. I have a buddy, Jesse Burke, who's a really great photographer. And he actually, this couple weeks ago, he, he was busy and he linked me up with the wall street journal. So I got an assignment and sometimes I'll throw work his ways if I'm booked. So it's good to just kind of keep those relationships going. I think. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I, I think, it's important for, I think it's really important for us to support each other because it is what we do is very isolating and that, you know, we, it's not like a lot of other fields. I feel like where they kind of get together and do what's best for the group, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the more we can help each other out and the more we can make it about the big picture, yeah, I think it's better for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do because it is so competitive, but yeah. I do think that if you can think past, your own best interest in the long run, it's, it's better for everyone. And, you know, yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess like your early portfolio portfolio, like when you kind of got that first ESPN job, was it mainly focused on portraits or what was kind of like some of the early work you were kind of showing when you first started off? Yeah. I'm trying to remember back what I had at that point. Um, yeah, it was mainly sports portraits. So what I was doing is, is going around and trying to find, things I could shoot where I could get access without a magazine behind me or without, you know, uh, it wasn't for anything but for me and my portfolio. So I, I try to find athletes that my pro, um, and shoot portraits and some action stuff. And I took a trip to, uh, I was fascinated with West Texas high school football. Oh yeah. So I took a trip out there and just kind of went school. To, I mean, I'd done some, contacting of the schools before I went, but I didn't get a lot of response or a lot of promises for access. And I just kind of went and just showed up and said, like, here I am. Like, can I shoot practice? Can I pull a couple of players aside and do portraits? Yeah. And it went pretty well. And I got a, a body of work out of that. I think I spent a week out there, Damn. maybe 10 days. It was, it was really fun. Um, 
I did a project with Snoop had a youth football league, um, that he was starting out here. And, uh, I just showed up at a game and started hanging out on the sidelines and, and shooting the kids. And, uh, it's funny at one point, um, when he was coaching at one team specifically, and when that game was going on, I was shooting and one of his bodyguards came over and wanted my camera and said, you know, he, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be on the field and, you know, giving me eyes. And I told him, you know, I'm not shooting, I'm not shooting Snoop. I'm, I'm shooting the kids. And he asked to see my camera and he kind of went through looking at what was on there. And he saw that there wasn't any pictures of Snoop, that I was really shooting the kids. Mm. And he went back over to Snoop and then came back to me and said, he said that you can shoot as much as you want go anywhere you want. So I think, so then I kept showing up there and kind of developed a relationship with him and ended up doing like shooting him and a bunch of the kids and a whole project came out of that. I was just finding stuff that I could do that I thought was interesting Mm. and not waiting to get jobs because, um, yeah, you have to. You could wait a long time. Yeah, definitely. You just wait. And ex- especially like if you want to shoot like like I know you shoot like tons of famous athletes now and stuff. You you just got to start getting that work in your book. Like no one's gonna hire you unless you have like sports and stuff in your book. So you got to create that work to kind of make those opportunities like happen. You know. Right. Um, so that's I, like, yeah, that's pretty absolutely. smart. That's pretty smart. And it's kind of smart you just kind of showed up instead of like asking permission because then like if you like email someone they're just going to throw the red tape up so it's just like show up and then like apologize apologize later if there's an issue and yeah just talk talk to people i try to do a mix of it honestly even now when i want to shoot stuff for myself and Mm. not overwhelm them with too many details but also you know and scare them off because i know that in person it's easier to kind of sell them on it or they see you're not crazy and that you're not getting in the way and then they kind of loosen up a bit so definitely i feel like there's always a combination of kind of giving them a heads up but like with the snoop thing i couldn't even find anyone to contact honestly i just found a schedule online and i was like oh well i mean Mm. worst I, i didn't even know he would be there i just thought i'd be shooting this inner city youth football league that was kind of new and people were kind of talking about and i was just you know yeah it's really cool. thought it would be an interesting subject matter yeah that's awesome um did you always kind of know you wanted to focus your photography in on sports um like did you do you think it's like important to kind of create like a niche for yourself or is that this always just what you've been attracted to and kind of inspired by you know that's a good question i mean uh, i know there's differing opinions about that um i kind of made the decision for me that I wanted to shoot something that I was really passionate about and felt like I really understood. Um, Like early on, I had thoughts of like, I'll do music and sports and entertainment. And, and as I kind of learned more about the industry and I had more experiences and was on different sets with all those, you know, different people. And I just realized that it's because it's so tough to do what we do and it takes so much, um, faith in your talent and that things are going to work out and all that, that I, I should focus on something that I was passionate about and I loved and I understood and that would get me through the tough times, you know, and it would keep me focused and keep me going. Mm-hmm. I think if I was trying to shoot something that I wasn't so interested in, it would be a lot harder, yeah. you know, to, to push through, if that makes sense. No, definitely. And that's not to say I'm not interested in shooting other things. Like if stuff comes my way mm-hmm. or I've had thoughts of, you know, trying to do something different or adding something to the mix in the future. But 
yeah. just to get going, I felt like it was good to create a, a, a niche, like you said. But yeah. I don't know that that's good advice for everybody because I've heard other people say that it can be limiting mm. in how people see you. Yeah. But at least they know what you do. If you're, you know, it's, you could argue both ways. Yeah, no, I think it's smart, man. And like you said, like I mean, the work just like looking at your website, like you can tell, like you love sports, like, and it just comes through in the photos. It's not this like you're trying to this shoot something to shoot it. Like you can tell, like you're a big sports fan, and it really comes through yeah. in the work, and it's definitely pretty cool. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Do you do you have like? Do you have like a preference? I mean, I know you shoot a lot of portraits and stuff, but did you always kind of want to focus on the portraits or did you kind of just start off shooting the action or when did the portraits kind of come about? Um, I was always interested in portraits, um, but I knew or I learned pretty quickly that getting time with any of the guys I wanted to shoot was not going to be easy. So what I tried to do, my strategy was to shoot portraits with, non-celebrity athletes to build that side of my book and then mix in action stuff that I could steal at games and things of known athletes to try to, just because I felt like having, you know, professional athletes and and especially celebrity athletes in Mm -hmm. your book, even if it's something that was shot in a game, just kind of elevates the way people think of you. Yeah. It's like a person people, people recognize it and they're like, Oh damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's smart. it's silly, but it's, it's just the way we are as humans. You know, you're going to react to a picture of someone, you know, differently, or that's a celebrity than mm. someone you don't. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I always have been drawn to the one-on-one time with them and being able to create the light and create, you know, the situation and give them direction. And yeah. that's what was driving me. That was the goal. Yeah. But I, I do enjoy shooting live sports. Mm. Um, once in a while, it's not something I would want to do every day. Mm. Um, but I did, I did a lot of it. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like your portraits because you kind of keep it real, like, um, not simple, but this like clean light, and it's almost just like classic. You know, it's not like there's a lot of sports like portrait guys out there. It seems like they get overly flashy with it, with like tons of strobes. And with looking at your work, you seem like you try to keep it real, like clean and nice light and just kind of make it about the person um did it kind of take you a while to kind of craft that look and is it like something that's kind of continually evolving or do you yeah i mean it's definitely continuing to evolve i mean i'm i'm definitely i like simple and i like clean and i'm i'm actually fighting with myself more recently to not move too far away from that but just maybe not try to be such a perfectionist with light and um play with shadows a little bit more. I mean, I'm definitely evolving. Um, yeah. But there's some things that are just a part of your your taste and the way you see things that you that are just, you can't fight. And I just, I like simple, I don't like busy frames. I don't, mm. I don't like sloppy light. I mean, there's, you know, so I'd, I'd like to like experiment a little bit and be a little bit looser and not be so concerned with mm. perfection. And I'm, I'm, working on that we'll see <laughs> see where that takes me yeah but um no that's cool man I, i'm always just interested about how people kind of what their approach is to lighting and stuff and this looking at your stuff i, re- I really like it because it looks like a lot of times you kind of use like maybe one two lights and it's just real clean and kind of classic kind of like like rembrandt lighting and stuff like that and it's really really cool thanks man yeah do, do you kind of have like a favorite sport to photograph or one you like in particular um 
if you're talking live, I would have to say probably baseball. I, I, I've uh, I've enjoyed the most mainly because unlike hockey and and basketball, you're you're outdoors for the most part, and so then you get different light, different times of the day. Yeah. Uh, the stadiums are all a little different and the places you can shoot from are all a little different. There's just like sort of more options. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I find, and, and also because of the, the way the sport is, it's easy to anticipate sort of what may happen and kind of come up with a frame in your mind before it happens and then be ready to capture that frame. Mm. Whereas some of the other sports, it's, they're just so all over the place. Uh, it's harder to kind of do that. Um, yeah, but yeah. as far as portraiture and and stuff away from shooting a live event, I don't know that I have a favorite. I mean, I I, I enjoy all of them. You know, they all have different movements and different things to to play with. And, mm. um, no, that's cool. I find them all just as fascinating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then, like, one thing I was going to ask is like, um, being that you're working with like all these like famous athletes and stuff, um. How do you deal with like the photo shoots? Like when you get a call to photograph someone, um, do you like have a way you prepare for each shoot? Like, do you do like a lot of research about each athlete? And I guess like when you're shooting these big time guys, I would imagine sometimes you don't get a lot of time with them. Um, how do you kind of approach each assignment? Uh, I definitely, I definitely, if I don't already know a lot about the person, I try to to learn what I can more about their personality and what they're interested in and just trying to, because like you said, sometimes you don't have a lot of time. So if I can find a way to connect with them quickly or just got, you know, have a quick conversation before we start with something that they're interested in. Yeah. It's, it's a good trick to kind of get them engaged and get them comfortable with you pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, I don't, you know, go too deep into that, but, just having something to go to if they're not really feeling being there or just to kind of break them down a little bit and get them back on level with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Cause sometimes like you might be photographing some guy, he probably doesn't, the last thing he wants to do is have his picture taken, but you still, yeah. at, at the end of the day, you got hired. So you gotta, you gotta walk away with a badass photo. So it's like, uh, I guess it's kind of like a dance, I guess. It's kind of dealing with yeah. different people's personality. And, you know, like there's been a, a few times where I've just said to them, just explained to them, like, this is my this is my playoff game. Like, this is – I worked really hard to get to this point, and the, as much energy as you can give me or as much as you can be present or I appreciate or yeah. – you No, know, there's ways to, to kind of give them an analogy that they can, they can hold on to and kind of understand where you're coming from and kind of wake them up from, like, this is – this means a lot to me and like, I need you as a teammate to make this successful and I want to make you look good. And because mm. honestly, a lot of these guys do have shoots that are disasters or mm. the person that's shooting them doesn't make them look good or doesn't direct them well or makes them uncomfortable. So yeah, I just try to like communicate as quickly as possible that I'm not that guy. And mm -hmm. you know, this is going to be different. This is going to be, great we're gonna have a good time we're gonna get great images yeah you're gonna be happy you're gonna look good i'm gonna be happy you know yeah, yeah um, that seems smart you just kind of explain to them what you're looking to accomplish and kind of give them like a starting end point of what you're trying to do yeah I guess. yeah 
And I think just approach them too like they're just a normal because they are all, all just normal people, and yeah. they're really used to people not treating that way. So mm. I try too to be just talk to them like I'm talking to you or to a friend, and yeah. you know, try to get them back down to that level um, so we can get have a have success. Um, the other big thing too is I do try to figure out. I sometimes I ask them, but sometimes I try to figure out before what kind of music or who they're listening to because that always can change the mood real quickly if you're playing something you know even before they get on set that just makes them feel good or gets them excited or gives them some energy mm. um that's another i think good go-to for, yeah. for those situations just make the environment comfortable for them and so they they enjoy the process and enjoy the the experience as much as possible yeah definitely yeah it seems like a good approach um what do you think you enjoy about shooting sports and portraits in general what what kind of keeps you kind of sticking to that you think what do you enjoy about it most <laughs> i don't i mean i don't know i mean i think it's sort of a sickness you know what i mean i think all of us are a little sick yeah yeah, yeah. Um, in, a, in a good way in a good way but Definitely. um i mean i i don't know that i could even put it into words there's something that like yeah i'm just drawn and driven to shoot athletes and and make good frames and yeah find good light and just keep exploring. I, I think maybe part of it is that it's not black and white and mm. there, you can never make the perfect photo and it's just always a challenge and it's, yeah. there's ups and downs and a lot of rejection, but then a lot of exciting times when you get an assignment you really wanted, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's fun. It's yeah. It's sport. just, yeah. Sports is this. I, I love sports. Do you watch a lot of sports yourself? I do. I go through periods where I'm watching a lot and then I, and then I get busy with something else yeah. or I just give it a little bit of a break. But mm. there's a few teams I follow pretty closely when I can. And yeah. uh, it's funny, like I, I, the sports that I'm into kind of change season to season. Mm. Um, and I don't know what that's about, but I just get <laughs> fascinated with one for whatever reason and kind of watch that more than the other ones. But yeah, but I, you know, I keep in, I keep in the loop with, with everything what's going on for the most part. I just don't sit and watch game after game really, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's cool. I just love sports. It's, it's like, it's the best drama in the world. Cause it's like, yeah. you, you never know what's going to happen. And it's just like, so amazing. Like every year there's always just like good games and stuff. And that's, that's the amazing thing about athletes. How you're saying like, there are like superhuman people to an extent. Cause like they can do stuff that no one else can. So I think that's kind of the thing that's kind of interests me about like sports and all the different athletes and stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, and the closer I've gotten to it, as far as on the level of professional athletes seeing, you know, sometimes I'll document one of their workouts, off season workouts. I mean, the, the amount of time and energy they put in to get ready for these times we see them on TV, is just unbelievable. And the, the discipline and the diet, it's just amazing everything. to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's just the guys at that level and, and girls, yeah. um, the amount of sacrifice they put in to perform at, at that level is, mm -hmm. is really amazing. I don't think, I don't think a lot of casual sports fans realize how much work they is. don't just show up and <laughs> play a game and then go home. Like it's, yeah, it's a full-time, full-time thing. And uh, I don't know. It's, mm. it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I guess like one thing I was gonna ask you is like, looking back at like all the assignments you've done, uh, is there like anyone in like maybe in particular that kind of sticks out as memorable? Like it was a like, kind of a memorable, memorable experience for you. You kind of look back and like, wow, like, wow, that was like pretty cool. Like in your mind. 
Yeah, I would probably say um, when the Kings won. So this is kind of a long story, but yeah. I, I guess it was 2012, um, right before the playoffs started for um, NHL. I had been following the Kings and I just had a feeling that they were going to go super deep and possibly win the Stanley cup. And so I had this idea that I wanted to pitch a bunch of the players on if they won me uh, documenting their day with the cup because each player gets a day with the Stanley cup, the winning team, they do whatever they want with it. It's kind of a tradition. And so I reached out to a few agents, uh, one of them being Dustin Brown's agent. Uh, I didn't hear from the other ones, but Dustin's agent responded and said, like, slow down. The playoffs are just starting. <laughs> you know, if, if they get that far, we can have a conversation. Don't jinx calm it. Down, don't, don't, j- don't jinx it, Dom. <laughs> yeah. I think you just thought I was ridiculous for <laughs> yeah. reaching out that early. But, I, you know, I, I know how slowly these things move, so I felt like I had to get, get in front of it door. and be the first to pitch the idea and all the rest. Definitely. So flash forward to they win the cup, right? And yeah. so I reached back out to him. I'm like, I told you they were going to do it. Now can, <laughs> can we do what I wanted to do? Yeah. And he's like, I'll talk to him tomorrow, and you know, I'll let you know. Mm. And he got back to me and said, Yeah, he said that he's all for it. Um, he's going to have the cup a couple times, but the first time is I don't forget how far after, how many days after they won, but he was going to have it in Manhattan Beach and take it to the fire station, the police station. Wow do some family stuff with it. And he said, he just wants you to meet him at his house. Here's the address. Be there, you know, nine in the morning or whatever. So I went to his house and, um, didn't really know what to expect. You know, just me and my camera and I knock on the door and he's like, Hey, we're just getting our shoes on. We're going to take off in a minute and come in if you want. There was a Stanley cup sitting on the, you know, kitchen floor. And, um, so then we were leaving and I don't see him. I'm just going to follow him all day in my car. He's like, ah, that's silly. Just get in the car with us. And, He's super nice, and so we spent the day together, and uh, it went really well. And so he asked me if I wanted to do – he had another day in L.A. Because he was a captain, he had multiple days, and then he was going to take it to New York, where he's from in Ithaca. And as this went, he just kept asking me if I wanted to come along. Wow. And so it was just an amazing experience because I was with him in, in the cup, all these different places, and uh, – just to see people's reaction when they saw him in public randomly with it and yeah. to see him celebrating with his family with it. I mean, I got to drink beer out of it with him and his <laughs> friends. Damn. Uh, that's, we that's... took it in Ithaca. We took it to a grocery store and we put it in a shopping cart and he did his grocery shopping <laughs> and like filled the cup with groceries. And then he went to the checkout line and put it on the conveyor belt, you know, to go through the checkout line and yeah. took it out on a boat. I mean, it was just, it was just such a fun front project and so then they won again in 2014 and we did it all over again and uh you know private party at his house in Ithaca with his friends like (laughs) swimming with it he took it in the pool you know like not underwater but he was like walking across the pool holding it up over his head Mm. and just to be able to document all that and have that kind of access was just something i'll never forget that's pretty wild and Um, that was just something you were shooting for your yourself that wasn't like it for like a magazine or anything you just kind of pitch it on your own yeah i pitched it on my own and the idea originally was um i would shoot it and then try to get it placed Mm -hmm. somewhere yeah and so uh i reached out to karen frake at yes magazine again and the first year 2012 they picked up a two-page spread of 
I was sitting in the front seat of his car and his two young boys were in the back seat mm. and the cup was um, seat belted in between the two of them. So I just kind of turned around and we actually had just driven through McDonald's because the kids wanted to eat. So I turned around and took like this wide shot of the two kids and the cup in the middle, just in the back of his Tahoe. Yeah. And ESPN ran that as a two page spread, wow. um, which he was really stoked to his kids were in the magazine. And mm-hmm. so that was 2012. And then in 2014, when they won, the other tradition is that the captain takes home the cup at the end of the night or, you know, at the end of the party, yeah. the night they win. And I knew that. And so I reached out to his wife and said, I really want to do this thing that I had seen Art do something. I think they call it the morning after where he goes and shoots an Oscar winner the morning after they won, whether it's at their hotel room or wherever they are. So I really want to do that with Dustin the morning after with the Stanley cup. I thought it'd be really interesting. You know, he just partied all night or whatever. And now he's home with it. So they invited me over or she said, sure, just, you know, come stay in the area when he's, as soon as he's awake, I'll call you and you can come in or whatever. So I just kind of sat around the corner in the morning, just waiting. <laughs> and, uh, they called me when he woke up and I went over and I got this amazing shot. It's probably one of my favorite shots ever is he's in bed with the Stanley cup and he's got his three little boys like jumping on the bed and his, his oldest son, which I don't remember his age at the time, but he's holding an inflatable Stanley Cup mm. over his head like his dad did the night before when they won. And he's just laying there, like the Dustin was just laying there with the cup, kind of smiling, watching his son do that. Yeah. So just having that, you know, the inflatable Stanley Cup and the real Stanley Cup and having that real moment of him in his bed, it was just, it was just so cool. Because you just don't get that access, you know. Yeah. It's so hard. And uh, it's something that I, I always pushed for but just never happened so to to have an idea like that and have it actually work out just felt really good yeah it's pretty amazing like this the little initiative you took just to reach out to his agent and it just turned into this wild experience and then uh and then the photos went to espn it's just it just shows you like you never know what can happen you just kind of you kind of poke the world and you never know what can kind of come out of it you know um it's yeah it's pretty cool that you kind of did that um, I mean, I think that's the only way to go, honestly. I mean, sure, you can do traditional marketing, and I think that's important. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, the most success I've had is is that kind of route, and that might just be me. But yeah, I, you know, and don't get me wrong, there's been a ton of rejection, or there's stuff I've pitched I thought were great ideas that they didn't, people didn't even respond, didn't even take yeah. the time to email back, you know, and yeah. that kind of it sucks and it hurts, but you just. You know, I'm getting better and better just moving on and yeah, keep going. Thinking of the next idea. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's smart. So so you think it's like pretty important for you as like I mean you were you're a working commercial photographer to still kind of take time to do those like personal projects? Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, I've heard other people say it and I wasn't sure but I I'm, I'm starting to see more and more that like the the pictures that I'm most proud of or I feel like the stuff that gets me the most work when I talk to someone who hires me, why they did is Mm -hmm. almost always or most of the time something I shot for myself. Yeah. And I I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but you know, you, you have the freedom to really pursue your vision. Whereas with jobs, you know, you have to take into account what your client needs and there's other restraints and things going on, or, you know, you don't have as much time or whatever it may be. But I've always learned the most, I think, from my own my own shoots that I can – and you can take risks, you know, and I think yeah. 
I'm not as apt to take a risk when someone's paying me and they need me to deliver. And, mm. you know, I'm trying to be better about that, take calculated risks, but mm. you can get too safe sometimes. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because like one thing I was gonna ask you, because I know you shoot like editorial, but then you also shoot like a bunch of advertising. I think um, you do like a lot of work with like Body Armor, the drink. Um, yeah. When you kind of started getting into like the advertising um, world, um, did it kind of take you a while to kind of get used to the that kind of way of working? Just because it's like so much more involved, so much more money, and a lot more on the line. Um, is that something that kind of took you a while to? to get used to and like do you kind of have a different approach to advertising versus like editorial um i don't know that i don't know that i do i mean obviously they're different mm. they're different things for obvious reasons yeah. but i think my approach is always to make the best photo i can and and get the most out of the opportunity i don't i honestly the money part of it doesn't really come into into my mind until after or before when you're negotiating. But when I'm on the job, I don't, I mean, sometimes you can have more resources with ad jobs because there's a bigger budget and you can afford yourself more, you know, but I can't say that it's like a huge, hugely different approach for me. Um, yeah, no, yeah. That, that's smart. Just kind of stick to what you do and that's kind of the works to work. Um, yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, advertising is interesting. Um, I guess like, what do you think like about like, uh, what's like the key to like, I guess like having a successful shoot? Is it like the crew around you, the preparation, I guess for you to like walk away and be like, I nailed it. Is there anything kind of key things you kind of try to stick to when you, when you're shooting like a job? Well, I mean, it depends what your definition of success is. Right. But, um, for me personally, a successful shoot is something when I'm proud of what I created, which is not always <laughs> easy to be proud. I mean, I'm super hard on myself and yeah. sometimes I can't even look at a shoot if I can get away with it for a few weeks. Yeah. I, I like to not look at it right away, but that's not always an option. Sometimes you got to deliver stuff. But I mean, I think all those things you mentioned are important for, for successful shoot um, preparation just having thinking it through having a, a, a crew you can depend on knowing what strengths you need from a crew. You know, there's some jobs where you need someone who can, can light something on their own for you with you giving them just a little bit of instruction because you're going to be shooting something else yeah. and there's not time for you to be in both places. I mean, it's just every job's a little different. So I think knowing the job, preparing as much as you can, um, for anything that might come up within reason and, and then just executing it. Um, but there's so many components that are important. I mean, and as you know, there's always curveballs and yeah, I think, I think the, the longer, of, yeah, the longer you just keep doing this, you just kind of build on it and build on it. Like you kind of learn from each job and you kind of just get stronger and stronger as a photographer, I think. Cause each, each I agree. Each job is just so different. It's not, as long as you just kind of keep the train rolling, hopefully we all can. It's just like you just get better and better in time, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, and that's why I was saying earlier, like my advice to young assistants or anyone who wants to shoot just keep shooting like and challenge yourself like i made the mistake when i was testing early on of trying to mimic what i saw frank or art doing yeah. not just not just style wise or light wise but on that scale like i felt like i needed to find three guys to come assist me i needed 
to, you know, make a deal to have five packs with some equipment house. And, and I think what I should have been doing is going out with just me and a camera and somebody and finding something or, or, you know, one assistant, but not trying to do stuff on that scale and challenge yourself Mm. because then when you have all the resources, it's just a bonus as opposed to being a crutch, you know, and feeling like you need that. Yeah, just kind of just stick to your vision and do what you do. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing and all the all the other gear and whatnot. Just kind of yeah. stick to and it. And then it, it'll strengthen strengthen your skills when you are on a job and things go sideways and you have to, you know, make do with something. You don't have everything you need. You can find a yeah. great friend. You can find a solution because you've been through that mm. on sheets you've done for yourself where you didn't have a bunch of things. You know, that stuff is great. All that stuff that can weigh you down too. And that's something I've learned in recent years. Mm. I was letting that stuff weigh me down. I'm trying to be better about not, not needing too much stuff. It's great to have it. It's important to have it on, on some jobs, yeah. but to be able to perform without it is just as important. I think. Yeah, definitely. Like one thing I was going to ask you, I was just kind of curious what your take would be. Um, what do you think about like photographic trends? Like right now, I don't know about you, but like I've been noticing like so many people like probably more like editorially, everyone's just like shooting with like colored gels and stuff like yeah. like I don't know what that is, but like do you think it's like important to even like pay attention to like what trends are going on in photography or do you kind of just like stick to what you like? Cuz that's like one thing I've been noticing recently. I'm like why is everyone shooting with colored gels right now? Right. You know. Well, I mean, listen, I'd like to say that I don't pay attention to any, what anyone else is doing and that I'm just always drawing from my own brain, but that, that wouldn't be true. I mean, I think, I think for me, at least paying attention to what other people are doing and then deciding for yourself whether you like it or not and whether you want to incorporate it or, mm. or if you want to play around in that world a little bit is, yeah. is how I think about it. Um, Mm. I've seen the color gel thing and I think some people have done it really well. And some people are just doing it because they don't do it well. They're just doing it because other people are doing it. Yeah, exactly. And if if it makes sense for the image, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't think forcing it is, is, is a good idea. But I mean, as far as running a business too, like you have to sort of know what the trends are. I don't think it's good to trace, I'm sorry, chase trends, but if you can see, like if I can see the way sports advertising is moving, mm-hmm. I can make some adjustments to make myself fit into that world without doing something that I don't like. Like I don't want to shoot something that I'm, I think is ugly or I yeah. would never do, but mm-hmm. you can make some decisions just to make yourself more appealing to what it seems like mm. people are looking for. Yeah. I think it's a healthy balance. You yeah. Know? yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is kind of balanced like being a commercial photographer. It's like, do you feel like you kind of need to balance like your artistic vision with still trying to like appeal your work to like clients and stuff or how do you kind of view that? Uh, I mean, I, I'm sh- I know that I think about it, but I, I don't know that I, I don't know that it's like a driving motivation necessarily. I mean, like if I set up a test or something, I might take into account like what, what a client might want to see or how, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, we're not doing like fine art where we can just do whatever. And it's yeah. just about your vision. I mean, there's definitely a component of it. That's yeah. It's like a it balance. needs to it's a balance. Yeah. It needs to fit, you know? So I, I, I consider it to some degree, but I don't think it's like a main driving yeah. force behind like decisions I make. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. And then I was looking at, I think it was like on your website or something. Uh, you also do motion work a little bit. 
Um, is that, is that something you enjoy doing and like, have you kind of done it for a while and like, do you kind of have like a different approach to that than like your still work? Um, I haven't done a ton of it. I've done a little bit. I'm definitely interested in it. Um, and most of it has been directing. Um, I like the idea of collaboration and I, I like those experiences because you have a DP, you have your, you know, yourself directing, Sometimes you have an art director. You ha- it's nice to have, to, it's just fun to collaborate with people and not feel like everything's just on you and that you can elevate the work by including other people in the discussion of what we're trying to accomplish and what some solutions are to certain shots. And yeah, I'd like to get more into it. Um, and, but I always struggle with not wanting to stray too far from the still world either. So I'm, I'm still trying to find that balance and how to kind of, tackle both yeah definitely it seems like i mean i've been talking to a lot of photographers and it's more specifically i think the advertising world it seems like it's kind of going more towards like uh they want like the whole asset package where they can hire one guy to do the stills and the video not all the time but it seems like that's coming more and more common um i guess i don't know yeah no i think so you know i'm all for doing projects like that if if the client understands that, you know, there, you need some resources to, to do that efficiently. Like I don't mm. like the idea of like, Hey, your camera does stills and motion. I, yeah, I read yeah. that online somewhere. So can you just do both? And yeah. it's like, well, the two different things and yeah. I can't just flip a switch. And you know, there's, there, I, I think when it gets to that, that point, I'm not really interested because it just becomes yeah. If you can't, just grab a bunch of shit and we'll yeah. see what sticks, and that yeah. feels bad to me. I don't like that kind of experience. But yeah, definitely, you got to keep the quality. If you can't do it correctly, like don't bother doing it. You know, it's, right? And there's ways. There's ways to do it where it's you know it's not a mm. huge motion production. You can still do something you're proud of and still have it be efficient and and good quality. But it just there has to be some thought and some. Organize, organization uh, in pre-production so that it, it goes smoothly and you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, Just showing up and thinking you're going to do all that stuff without a real plan is disastrous. Um, yeah, definitely. And just, you know. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I'm always just kind of interested what, what still photographers think about that because it is, it's just been changing a lot lately, but it is, uh, it's different. Yeah, so, yeah, one, one photo I wanted to ask you about was... Um, it seems like pretty popular. I've seen it everywhere, like on your Instagram. Um, it's the Vin, Vin Scully photo you did. It was like a really amazing, like black and white photo of him at the ballpark. Um, what was that photo for? Was that from like an assignment? Yeah, it was. It was another idea that I pitched um, again to ESPN the magazine, and um, it was an idea I had to. I, I was always fascinated with him and just how popular he was as an announcer and sort of an, like an icon that was still working. And um, so I pitched them the idea of, of following him through and documenting his whole day. So the original idea was to meet him at his house, document him leaving for the ballpark, document him showing up at the ballpark, doing his preparation to announce the game, announcing the game, and then him leaving. So kind of like a day in the life of Vince Scully. Nice. And, um, you know, it took some some massaging to get it kind of approved through the Dodgers. And then as it got closer, they kept sort of axing 
some of the access and he didn't want me to go to his house because he's very private. He didn't want me shooting him showing up to the stadium because for a number of reasons. Um, so it, it kept sort of like shrinking and I started to get nervous that what I was going to be able to deliver wasn't going to be much of a story. Um, so anyway, so they gave me access prior to the game to kind of shoot his preparation. And then the idea was they told me that he comes out of the booth and does like a little walk in the seventh inning in the hallway to stretch his legs. And I could shoot him doing that, but that was it. And then they said, well, if someone in his booth says you can go in there at some point during the game quickly, that's fine, but they're not going to let you. They never let anybody. And so I just kind of that day sort of made friends with the people that work with him in the booth and kept kind of telling him, I really need, you know, I really need to shoot him yeah. announcing and yeah. being in his seat during the game to make the story complete. And they finally agreed to let me, when he stretched his legs, they let me follow him into the room and shoot for a minute and a half or whatever at the end of the seventh inning stretch and starting the bottom of the seventh. Wow. And that's how I got that shot. So, um, yeah, it seems yeah. like it's, it's kind of taken a whole new life. I saw you like kind of sell prints of it and stuff. And I've seen people like share it on their Instagrams. People have gotten the prints and it's like pretty amazing. Uh, that photo It's just kind of pretty, it's like almost like a pretty like, iconic photo now. This him kind of Dude, it's, it's it's wild <laughs> the the response i've gotten from that from that frame yeah. is just crazy i mean there's people have sent me they've gotten it tattooed on themselves they've really photos of it <laughs> holy yeah <shit. laughs> uh there's been paintings and drawings yeah. uh someone made a candle a lot of uh, i mean like the places it pops up it's it's crazy it's like taking on a life of its own that's um, that's wild, and you. It, this sounding like you describing the shoot. It seems like you almost didn't really even interact with him at all, really. No, like, well, I did, I did. So okay. I did go back. I was kind of giving you the the quick version. He. Yeah. So when he showed up to the to the the stadium, they let me shoot him coming off the elevator, right? Okay. At, like early in the afternoon, and then they gave me some time to shoot portraits of him uh, where I had a seamless and some light. Okay. And then, and then me and him went and went in the booth for hours while he prepped for the game. I got to watch him go over the notes of the players that were visiting, you know, like he, he had this whole process of, of getting ready for the game. And it's, it's a pretty tight routine, what he does, which was interesting to see. Mm. So I got to interact with him quite a bit and kind of be a fly on the wall for a lot of it. It was just during the game that yeah. they weren't, yeah. cool with me sticking right by his side. And then I shot him leaving the game, like walking from the booth to the elevator. Okay. That was kind of supposedly the end of the story. Damn. But um, yeah. I did get to interact with him and he was, he was really cool. And it was really fascinating to see. I mean, he's been doing it for over 70 years to see like his, yeah. his process and how regimented he was about, like, for example, one thing I found really interesting was he doesn't want to drink any water during the game because he doesn't want to have to use the restroom. So he has an, um, a Jolly Rancher that one of his guys puts right in front of his microphone and unwraps it. And he puts it in his mouth and just sucks on it a little bit and then takes it out. And it's just to keep his throat from being dry, <laughs> Wow! but he won't drink any liquids. That's wild. So like, there's this, I have a picture of this Jolly Rancher unwrapped, just like sitting next <laughs> to his microphone that, that he'd pop in his mouth every once in a while. Damn. Just stuff like that is so interesting. Things you wouldn't think of or even know. Yeah, um, any little detail you can pick up to kind of tell the story. Right. It's like kind of a real gem. 
Um, yeah, that's, that, that seems like... Was that the last season that he worked um, for, for the Dodgers? No, that was... It was two, that was 2013, I believe, so three and a half years ago. Oh, okay. And, that, and, they, and they were horrible that year. I, that was the year before they started playing much better. And um, Yeah, it was actually Yasil Puig's second. That night was Yasil Puig's second major league game, and he had two home runs. And it was kind of, there was a lot of buzz around the stadium because they were just like waiting for something good to happen for that team. Um, so it was kind of an interesting night to be there. Um, I think it's the night that he started calling him the wild horse, uh, which kind of became a name that stuck. Yeah. Um, Damn. Yeah, no, that, so was, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, that's a cool experience, man, for sure. And I guess just kind of looking back, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now. Um, what do you think are kind of the keys to your success have been? And, like, um, do you kind of have any goals moving forward for what you want to do in the future? I would say learning – how to deal with rejection, not taking it too personally and not letting it sap your, you know, my energy. Um, and, and just keeping faith in what I do and why I'm doing it and, and moving forward, you know, and, and, and just finding ways to remember why I got into it and what I love about it and focusing on that as much as possible and not getting too frustrated. Uh, what was the second part of the question? Just like, uh, uh, did, you, did you have any like kind of goals moving forward, like stuff you want to work on, maybe like something you're interested in shooting in the future or anything like that? I just, I just want to keep getting better at what I want to do and keep kind of pushing myself um, just to create, I mean, just to keep creating work I'm proud of and uh, finding a way to, to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. um yeah, definitely, man. Just keep on shooting. Yeah. Keep on shooting. Yeah. Keep on taking pictures. That's what we're here for. <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, Dominic, man, I, want, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on here, man. It was a real pleasure getting to talk to you about all your work and experience, dude. Um, but for people listening, um, where's the best place for them to check out your work? Um, either Instagram or my website, DominicDesai.com. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll link it on here and uh, people can go check it out. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving me a call. Definitely, no, thank you, man. So there you have it. That was the Dominic Desaya interview. I want to thank Dominic so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his work and photographic approach. As someone who also enjoys photographing sports, I really enjoyed hearing all his stories about photographing the Stanley Cup and Vin Scully. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, Dominic. And uh, definitely urge you guys to go check out Dominic's website at DominicDesaya.com. He has lots of really interesting sports photos on there, so definitely go check that out. And uh, yeah, going forward, just wanted to let you know I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website at AlexGagnePhoto.com and my Instagram at AlexGagnePhoto. Thanks so much, and take care.